What a blessing it was to sit down with Michael Carrier. Michael is the Director of Package Development at Berkeley International and is also the principal of the Costco Packaging Guys. He has over 20 years of packaging development development experience and has committed to partnering to develop your packaging solutions when it comes to uh, club stores. He's got an incredible amount of knowledge, and I, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into it, I just want to talk a little bit about the company that I'm currently working for. I'm super stoked uh, to be up here in Minnesota right now uh, as this podcast comes out at Myers. Myers is doing some incredible stuff, whether it's uh, POP displays for you know club stores or retail environments, permanent signage, large format printing, folding cartons, labels. Uh, it's almost one of those things where it's like if you name it, there's somebody here who's going to figure out how to print it. They're doing some great work. It's an awesome company, family-owned, third generation. Make sure you go to Myers.com and check out more of what it is that they are doing and the things that are happening here at Myers. So let's get into this conversation with Michael Carrier. All right, everybody, I'm here with the one, the only, the Costco packaging guy. Is that? That's me, Adam. That's me. Awesome. I've got Michael Carrier, who is a uh, huge fan of the Wolverines. Absolutely not. Have, I think nope. we're, we're going to be hanging up here. That's my They know not to mix blue and yellow Legos together in my house. Believe me, I've been preaching that since I was, since they were born. So oh, they know man. that as much as they know to call uh, cardboard corrugates. So I got my I, I got my seven year old well trained. Good work. Good work. Um, yeah. Well, I've got I've got Michael Carrier here who is. Uh, Proudly wearing, I believe, your Michigan State t-shirt. That's why I had to give you some some grief. By the way, uh, before we get into really important things like your story and packaging and specifically club store packaging, um, your thoughts. It, do you think that this will finally be the year that Michigan fires Jim Harbaugh? I do. It's, pro- it's probably got to be about time, right? I think it has to be about time. If they don't at least come within seven points of getting smoked by Ohio State, I think that uh, he will be gone. He'll be gone? Yeah. I hope and not, though. I like him you... being there. <laughs> You're like, as, as a Michigan State fan, I love Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, do, you, do you follow the basketball team much? I do. I do I'm a lot. A, I, I'm a... Uh, I love... Like, I didn't go to Michigan State, but uh, just, like, Michigan State basketball, like... NBA players who come from Michigan State. I'm a big Denver Nuggets fan. I'm always like, no, take the gift from Michigan State. Right. Like, that's what you should do. So, like, when we took Gary Harris, I was like, finally. Right. We took the kid from Michigan State because they can always play the right way. They they work hard. You know, you know what you're going to get. Um, I don't think anybody foresaw Draymond Green, but, um, you know, he's he's certainly done all right for himself. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, we I certainly follow Spartan basketball. It would be the pinnacle of my uh, my sports tiers, that's for sure. Um, hopefully we see Tom on the sidelines for a good number of years to come. Uh, we should have a good year next year. I I'm, uh, I'm, can't wait for it to start. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, well, speaking of starting, we should probably get into this. So outside of having what we know now as a seven-year-old child who does not 
uh, mix in Legos and calls cardboard by its appropriate name, which is corrugated. Um, and in the fact, we went to Michigan State. Uh, why don't you just give us a quick overview of, you know, sort of who you are, where do you live, where do you work? And then we're going to dig into club store packaging. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So I, uh, born and raised in Detroit. Um, you know, when I was seven years old, I wasn't dreaming of being a packaging engineer. Uh, fortunately, everyone in my family went to Michigan State and I was on that same path as well. I was going to be a mechanical engineer in the, you know, shadow of my father, but I just stumbled into the packaging program um, fairly organically and really fell in love with that mix of- When you stumbled, was this a, was this a sober, like this was a sober stumbling? I think at that point it was. Um, okay, good. Yeah, but I it just randomly saw a uh, information session in like the basement of Holden Hall and walked in and learned and just that balance of engineering and art really spoke to me and that kind of set my path um, into this wonderful world of packaging. Uh, moved out to San Diego 2002, first job with Sony Electronics, um, spent some of my best years there. I guess to date myself a little, I was still working on LCD, uh, CRT, big glass, heavy televisions when I hired in. Um, got to see that transition into flat panels, which was just super exciting. Lots of drop testing, broke a lot of $6,000 TVs, uh, really pushed the envelope of, you know, TV packaging at that time. Like it was new, no one knew how to do it. No one knew how to ship these flat panels. It was super, super exciting. And that was, you know, my path into CPG and really my first taste into club. Um, you know, that's when TVs were finally getting out onto the floor, graphics, marketing, super large litho labels. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's where that started um, cool. and kind of put me on to that, you know, a little taste of club store. I've been with Berkeley International in um, Southern California here since 2012. And, you know, they naturally are kind of a club store company. Um, we've been, our president's been, you know, kind of doing the club store game for about 30 years, and especially back when it was big, massive, large plastic carts, right? He was a classic film reformer and, uh, you know, still still doing the club store game ever since let's take a quick break from this interview here with michael carrier to talk about specright you can go to specright.com slash pkg to learn all about their packaging specification management software they make it easy for packaging professionals to manage the entire packaging life cycle from ideation to production easily create share and keep track of packaging specifications and work with your suppliers not against them work with your suppliers where you own your specs you own your data it is your property and you can work with them to bring your packaging to market so go to specright.com backslash pkg there's a green button that says free trial give it a shot take a look the the user interface is awesome it's it's a great product to use and if you're not using 
any kind of packaging specification management software, then you're really hurting. If you have some and you think maybe it can be a little bit better, then check out Specrite at specrite.com backslash PKG. Let's get back to this interview with Michael Carrier. Right on. That's cool. So coming up on uh, nine, almost a decade at Berkeley. And, and so you went from engineer uh, who are Pistons fan too. I'm just going to stay on basketball. Let's just talk about basketball the whole time, but especially when I first moved here. Right. I mean, th those are those years with, you know, Ben and yeah, like the entire Pistons squad was the all-star team that year. Yeah. Yeah. Rip Hamilton right? and Chauncey. And oh yeah, it was, yeah, that, that was good stuff. That was pretty much like, that was right when I moved out here to, to San Diego. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Berkeley for, you know, the better part of a decade here. I, I hired in as, you know, packaging engineer, design development. Um, you know, we do, we do all things packaging. We're certainly not just a club store company, but that's kind of where I found my passion, right? It, there's few places in retail where packaging matters more than club, right? It is your shipping vehicle. It is your store shelf. It's your marketing. It's your salesman. It's, you know, we're making feature palette displays that go from dock to right on the store floor. And there's just really nothing else like it. Right. It's just such yeah. a different environment. Yeah. That's, and you know, what a, what a cool, I get people all the time, even with this podcast who are like, Oh, that's so awesome. It's such a, such a niche industry. And I'm like, it's a trillion dollar industry. There's a lot of other small sort of niches within the packaging industry that, you know, that are massive still, right? Like club store packaging is huge. huge. And, and it's, but there's not a whole lot of people who, like, if I, if I had a question, you know, to your kind of your personal branding and how you market yourself, like if I had a question about club store packaging, I'd be like, well, call Michael. Right. I mean, that's uh, so that's, you know, kudos to you and for how you've kind of built out your own blog and your own social channels and things like that. Um, and it's certainly got to be a, a boost for Berkeley. But how did you go from engineer into sales? And, you know, I'm, I'm guessing with a relative level of success or else, you know, you'd probably be back in engineering, I would imagine. Yeah, it was, it was slow and fairly organic, right? I mean, I would... I mean, early on, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm engineer. I was sitting on SolidWorks day in and day out, um, you know, designing molded fiber trays and backform solutions and putting together renderings of concepts. Um, but it was just barely just slow, right? I was slowly meeting people through social channels, um, reaching out on LinkedIn and slowly building that book of business that I kind of came as my own and really pushing into, like you said, finding that niche in this vast world of packaging has certainly accelerated the, uh, the club store game. Got it. Um, and, and when did you really start getting into, like, when did you start the blog and when were you like, uh, I'm, I'm passionate about helping companies figure out how to navigate club store packaging. What, when did you, sort of quote, go all in on that? It's been only about a year and a half, um, okay. say really all in, right? I'm designing for club inside of Berkeley, you know, for eight or nine years, looking at layouts, 
talking directly with buyers, kind of learning what is important to them and learning what's important to customers and kind of how that all comes together. And then, yeah, it's really been about a year and a half now that it's, well, let's, let's try to build a community. Let's get some information up on a site that talks about the unique specs and changes and challenges and how to help people navigate that first Costco meeting and help people navigate, you know, what is a shoppable palette? Why do we got to get three side shoppable? Um, and just kind of get all those nuances really in one place, just to drive community and, you know, never really drive business, but you know, really try to bring this niche, you know, to the forefront. Okay, so I have a bunch of questions about that, but let me ask. Uh, so we're going to get into it because I have I have one very specific that happened. I don't know, twelve years ago to me, and and I never could get a straight answer on it. So don't let me forget that one. But uh, yeah. in terms of Berkeley, so uh, so you, you've been there now for ten years. Uh, what 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 does Berkeley International do beyond club store packaging design? Are you uh, manufacturing, you know, are you doing litho labels and, you know, molded fiber and injection molding? That would be, you have to have a lot of equipment, right? Or are you a design and distribution company? What, what do you, what do you guys do? Yeah, we're certainly design and bringing it all together. Um, we are kitting and packing out here in LA and in Bentonville, Arkansas as well. Um, so we're heavily on, you know, putting the pieces together and getting it ready from dock to depot. Um, you know, we work with some really great, you know, family owned trade partners to bring in things like back forms. Um, but really putting that together and supporting brands from the beginning, um, helping with those first meetings, initial layouts, getting people ready. So when they walk in there, you know, packaging is not a question, you know, they're focused on their brand and getting that sale. And that buyer can look down and see, well, these guys got it covered, right? They they're coming to me with a feature palette that you know checks all the boxes that Costco's looking for, and that's really where you know working alongside a brand where we excel. Cool. And are you working mostly with brands that are trying to get into Costco and get into cl other club stores, or are you are you also working with brands? who are already in and maybe looking for optimization, they're looking for skew reduction, or how do I get more, you know, I don't want to say shelf space, but you know what I'm saying? Like, how do we get more skews into there? Do you, do you kind of work across the spectrum? We certainly work with people that have been there and have been there for a while and need to do better. We really shine when it's someone who's new. Um, you know, we do have relationships with buyers that bring us opportunities that's, you know, if someone's never done it, they have no idea what they're doing. Maybe they've had great success in a, in a target or a, a, a D2C brand. That's definitely where we shine, but optimization with uh, existing people. Um, you know, I, I spend at least an hour a week in a Costco walking around snapping pictures and seeing who's doing what and who can do what better. Um, and that business kind of grows organically from uh, do you want to give uh, th i'm totally putting you on the spot to so be like i don't i don't have any idea but is there a brand right now that you're like boy if they would just call me i i would help them out so much like is there do you have one like off the top of your head not they're probably not listening to this by the way but if in case they were right you're like ah geez if you know ABC. yeah i'll give you 
at least if you go to the blog and I do reviews on LinkedIn every week or every other week, I only focus on positive. I mean, I never go out there and say, here's a picture of someone that's just doing it wrong. Right. Put you people on blast. I mean, you know, I probably the one that has stuck out to me the most, which is really new, is actually the brand new Sonos Rome. I mean, they did shoehorn retail packaging into a feature palette display and just didn't take advantage of the tools that Costco gives you, right? You have all of these trays. Everything is coming in, you know, in big, huge, you know, corrugated trays. And it was just plain blue, like just plain Jane, not taking advantage of any sort of value statement. Um, it was just a mass of corrugated. The product was just lost within that display. Um, hmm. So that would be my on the spot. You know, a brand that I think does it really good, and they're actually a really perennial brand in club, is Strybectin over in Health and Beauty. I mean, they're one of the few that really takes product over brand very serious you know they have message statements that are award-winning eye cream right huge letters let's draw someone in where there's a lot of brands of that caliber that you know would just put strivectin all over everything there's a strivectin logo on the front on the side on their card you know they do, I, I think they really do a great job of hitting that club store formula of product over brand and I'll probably say this 10 times today, the five by five rule. So whenever I start packaging, design, talking with a brand, all decisions are driven from five by five. So in five seconds from five feet, what it is and why does the member want it? Hmm. Right? Costco's a treasure hunt. It's, you know, I could, I could probably map out my local target and tell you where everything is. I go to my local Costco every week things change, right? I mean, it's that treasure hunt experience. You're, it's really about, you know, fighting for attention in such a different way than regular mass retail, right? There's no pretty end caps. There's no little sidekicks drawn in. You're not looking at 30 different brands of toothpaste. You know, there's two and they're in a different spot every time, right? Those, uh, the $5 chickens are in the back of the store for a reason. And designing to that, of anything else, it's five seconds from five feet, what is it? And that's where I think Strybecton does a great job. Award-winning out of cream, like big and bold. Let's not, you know, let's focus on that first. And kind of conversely, where I did see Sonos kind of do wrong was, you have this tray, you have this marketing space, it doesn't cost really anything to use it. Got it. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Uh, it actually goes along with um, this this book right here on my bookshelf, which is Gap Selling, which is basically this idea that people don't care about your product, like they don't buy your product, they buy the outcome, um, and that your product will give. So you know, packaging, they're they're buying the outcome of the packaging. And you, what you're describing is is a great example within this this space, and I totally agree with you. Walking into a club store like Costco or Sam's Club or any of them, walking into these club stores, you feel like you're given access to the warehouse. Like you are in the warehouse and you 
there's there's not a lot of people milling around all the time like outside of you know the sampling which is glorious but you know it's it's like this totally different experience and you're absolutely right it is near we have five kids it is almost impossible to go into costco and walk out of there spending less than a hundred dollars it's very 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 difficult even when you're just going in there to get the five dollar rotisserie chicken it you know because they do such a great job and you're absolutely spot on i don't know how many products that myself or my wife have bought when we go to our local Costco, that it was like, and, and I understand, I know the psychology of what's going on. And I'm still just like, well done. I'm going to try this. <laughs> Here we go. I just spent $400 for, yeah, every, every time. And since I'm in there snapping pictures and walking around, I often get the look by the guy that, you know, signs your receipt at the end. Like you just walked out with nothing. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I've watched a hundred people walk through here in an hour and nobody walks out with nothing. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, like you said, you're, this is a stark, no frills environment, right? And as you walk the floor with the absence of all of this end cap marketing, like a, in, especially comparing against a target, right? It is, mm-hmm. it's our packaging that br- brings a Costco to life, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's what we're doing. It's what we're designing and it's a different, formula for different departments, right? If I have someone in health and beauty, which is generally very bright, very open, not a lot of, you know, shelves in steel, that's a different thought process than if I'm in, you know, the home goods section, which is almost always, you know, under the steel, dark, cavernous, right? When you're thinking colors and lighting and, and the, are you reversing out on, on, on a solid or are you printing, you know, a bright color on white, you know, some of that does influence, you know, kind of depending on, sure. on where you're at in this, this treasure hunt of, of Costco. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's such a, it's such a fascinating, but it's such a great point. It's such a fascinating point. Um, you know, certainly environment has to be taken into account with all sorts of packaging design, right? Uh, if, if you have an, if you have somebody who's designing your packaging, who's not, asking the question, well, you know, how are you selling this? Where is it going? You know, is it going to be on a shelf? Is it going to be in a club store? Is it going to be strictly direct to consumer through a website? Like all of those things go into, they have to be factored into design. Um, so I, I, I have this, I have this really specific question and maybe, maybe it's going to benefit somebody. It's actually a broader question, but I remember at one point in time, like I said, this was a while ago, uh, 12, 13 years ago. And we had a brand that was that was already in Costco. That's why I asked the question about optimization. Mm-hmm. And and they told me, um, if you can design redesign our inner folding cartons, they had I don't remember I don't remember the exact details, right? But it was like there's a folding carton, and those folding cartons it was a multi pack that set inside of a corrugated box, and then the corrugated boxes were on a pallet. And they were like, we need to design our folding carton down by whatever it was, an eighth of an inch in all three directions because we can fit more on the pallet and, and Costco in this, kit, in this case buys by the pallet. So right. if we can maximize our pallet space and our pallet efficiencies, we can, we can basically make more money per product. And I was like, what is that? To me, I was just like, oh, okay, I guess that's what we have to do. Is that still a thing that happens? It is, and it's a thing that happens kind of in 
in both directions as well, right? You, this is this is the feature palette display, right? It, it's rolling through their cross stock. It's coming out on the floor. Wraps and caps come off, and yeah, I mean that is what you are selling through. So you know you have a cost per unit, which is driven by a lot of factors from freight and ancillary packaging materials, and you know getting more per pallet is going to drive down your total cost per unit. Um, I often see brands struggle more, but one, when they're trying to get retail design product to fit into the 40 by 48 constraints of, of the shoppable palette, right? There's a lot of times where your dollar value, we could fit 280 on this palette, Costco's capping you at 180. Right. They don't want to see too much dollar on the floor. Right. Costco cares about sell through. It's all about turn and burn. This this pallet needs to sell. There's different thresholds for different departments, but say a thousand dollars per pallet per week. They don't want it to sit there. So the struggle often with brands more so than, hey, let's see if what we can do to get 30 more per pallet. Right. That's a very packaging engineering, more Walmart. Let, let's try to get as many as we can in. I often see people struggle when it's the opposite. Hey, this is a, this is a forty dollar face cream. We only, you know, Costco's only give us eighty per pallet, one hundred twenty per pallet. Well, now you're shipping air, right? That's the that's the struggle and opportunity for club store. I mean, kind of getting back to that Sonos fillers and huge shoulders and big, big, big trays because they were capped at how many can you put in on that pallet. They probably only wanted 80. Well, something that small, now you're, you're filling space. How do you fill space on that pallet effectively, efficiently, um, and structurally sound enough to make it through the distribution when you, frankly, are shipping a lot of air? Wow. Yeah. So it, that's, it kind of goes crazy. both ways. I've never heard that before. You know? Well, think about all your club cards, right? You see those big, huge card, 15 by 12 inches for a product that is, you know, the size of a book of matches. Um, that's all of that. Uh, it's all that equation and that when it kind of really comes into the tricky part of design. That's, it, it seems so, I don't know. I mean, obviously this, this is a, it's a whole other rabbit hole, but like just from the outside, like it seems like there's this equation, right? Which is great. But then there's also the like reduce packaging, reduce carbon emissions. Like let's, let's, let's make our supply chains more efficient. You know, I mean, they're like, I'm, my mind's like spinning right now thinking that it makes sense, right? Like I'm going through club stores now in my head going like, yep, I know exactly what's happening. Um, but man, that's to be like demanded by, by, a uh, you know, by a big box store. Again, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense from what they're measuring and why they do it. Um, it's just crazy. It's so to... different. It's just so different than, and I often, when I'm in, engaging with brands, this is always the, the, the channel marketing manager and the marketing people. Right. This is rarely going through operations and engineering to get these types of programs done. Right. They're focused on 
everyday retail supply chain, optimize, 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 let's fit, you know, an extra pallet in a, in a container or, fit, you know, driving that club is just so different, right? And that's uh, kind of what makes people like Berkeley successful, even if something is made in Asia and generally done in Asia, there is a need to do it here domestically. Right, you're not going to ship feature pallet displays with 100 units on a pallet, 26 pallets in a container, and direct import eye cream from Asia. Right, bring it here, yeah. turn two containers into 50 trucks out um, to meet those requirements of Costco, where they want it to be. Your pallet is your shelf. Your pallet's going on the floor. It's not being replenished in the same way that they're stocking shelves at Target. And, you know, Costco will have 4,000 SKUs in a store. Target will have 50,000, 60,000. Right. You know, so it's just, you're, it's just such a different animal. And that's where people like us kind of come in and help brands to, to make that happen. Uh, and they're all home runs. So, yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. So, so what will happen? It sounds like is if you're a brand, it, you know, you're Sonos, and you you're going to manufacture the Rome in wherever it's manufactured in Asia, let's say, and yep. then that is that is put into their retail pack. I I have a Sonos Rome. I did an unboxing video on it. Um, it thought the packaging was pretty cool. So that's in a that's in a an optimized retail box. Um, but in order to sell through the club store mechanism, you're saying that a company in this case, they, they could have sent their retail packaging to you and have it kitted and repacked and repalletized to be prepared to go into Costco. Exactly. I mean, okay. that's, that is what we do. That's why we exist really to meet that supply chain constraint. Um, and even domestically, you'll have a lot of, say, your, your variety packs, your bundle packs. Uh, people go through fillers that, I mean, that's what they do. They make a 12-pack. Their machines make 12-packs. Well, suddenly Costco wants that differentiator. They want an 18-pack. And their filler is like, we, we, we don't do 18-packs. We have, you know, this, this facility makes 12-packs. Um, so we've been involved in a lot of those repacking scenarios where, you know, we're printing a Litholam box that is much more geared towards the Costco need, the Costco consumer identifiable need, and taking 12 packs and making them 18s. Um, so it's not just, you know, the, the Asia direct import uh, equation. It, it, all, it also falls a lot domestically in bundle packs, variety packs, snacks and food. Got it. Okay, so kind of coming up here towards the end, but I, I want, I feel like you're going to know this question just right off the top of your head. Um, what are maybe two or three things that every brand who's trying to get into a club store should be thinking about today before, you know, even like you would be ecstatic if somebody came to you and they're like, yeah, we actually, we read your blog or we heard the interview and we, we have already done these, you know, one to three things and we're ready to kind of move on to the next step. What, what are some of those, some of the low hanging fruit, I guess, that brands can do? I mean, again, it's, it's really product over brand in your marketing. 
the shoppable palette, right? You need something that don't design your palette as much for optimization as as much for its shoppability. So three side shoppable palettes, the ability to get onto end caps, um, something that's really going to be visible and shoppable, um, you know, and really think club store, not just trying to shoehorn your retail into something, right? It, it, it needs to be designed from the, from the start. Um, and with that, you know, think five by five rule with all of your decision-making from graphics to, uh, you know, everything you're doing to make your, you know, product the hero, right? Um, I had a buyer say before what customers look at, they touch and what they touch, they buy. And, you know, between that and the five by five rule, some good structural design, you could be super successful in club. I don't know if you, I think I've shared this story before on the podcast, but um, I, I went to school in Fort Collins, um, knew some of the family members that helped start Otterbox. And <clears throat> what, what they did to get going was when, I mean, amongst many things, but when the first iPhone came out and they engineered this super robust, like military grade kind of phone case for it. They were like, man, this is the first iPhone. People are going nuts over it. Right. but it's really fragile. And so what they did is they, they essentially over-engineered a case, but it was pretty cool. I don't know if you remember the very, very first OtterBox case was bulky and it's huge, massive. But what they would do is they put your phone on it in like a mall kiosk in Colorado. And then they had a wall and the person would not even ask permission, just take it and <laughs> chuck it against the wall. And people were losing their minds. Like, oh my right. gosh, right? And they'd go over and they'd look at it and they'd open up the case and everything's great. And it's like, okay, how much is it? You know, like that's not, no. it's already out of the packaging. It's already on the phone. And that was how, that was a big part of how they got their start, right? Just once they touched it, once it was on, once it was on there, it was, and, and that's still actually the thing with cell phone cases. Once, if you've ever noticed, if you go to buy a cell phone case, they really want to put your phone in the case so you can see it. Yeah. And there, there's, there's a, a much higher, a bit, you know, um, percentage of people who are going to buy it. Um, so that's great. The, 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 the five by five rule again, it was within five seconds from five feet. You said, do they know what it is and why the number wants to buy it and why yep. they should buy it? Yep. That's cool. five that's seconds great. and five feet. It's all about winning the treasure hunt, using the tools you have at, uh, at, at our disposal and, you know, getting through that crosstalk system and, and sell through. That is phenomenal. So, uh, Michael, so people can go learn a ton more right through your blog, which is a club. I wrote it down clubstorepackaging.com. Clubstorepackaging.com. Um, search me out on LinkedIn. I, I, I put a lot more contact that content that way. And then, of course, you can always reach us at goberkeley.com. And that's where all the magic happens. Goberkeley.com. Even, uh, even like Stanford grads, they can. They can it's, spelled, it's, uh, it's spelled differently. So I you know, can, I know. I just, yeah. <laughs> I had to tie it in. We had the joke. We had the Michigan, Michigan State joke. You know, you've there got you go. Go Berkeley, And I'm like, I don't know. There's some Stanford fans who might not like that. Um, uh, yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, I'll make sure to put the, these websites in the, uh, in, in the show notes, your LinkedIn profile, 
um, all that good stuff. I, I know for sure you could talk about club store packaging for hours, Probably for right? A couple hours. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I know that you've been, like I said, you're, you're the guy, right? You're the Costco packaging guy that I think about whenever I, whenever I uh, think about club store packaging. So, um, I hope everyone checks out uh, what Michael's doing and connects up with uh, Michael Carrier on LinkedIn, go to goberkeley.com or, uh, clubstorepackaging.com. There we go. I got it. Michael has been awesome. Thanks so much for, uh, just serving the packaging world and the packaging community. And uh, that's all I got. Anything else you want to add? No, no, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, packaging is a community. You know, we, we are a small knit community and, uh, you know, we have a lot of influence over, you know, what brands do and materials they use. And, you know, we, we all have a mission. So keep doing what you're doing. Right on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Well, that is it for another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Thanks for listening. It would mean so much to us if you would like and share and subscribe to this podcast. We want as many people to know about the incredible people that we have in the packaging industry because we believe that packaging is awesome. Thanks again.